Bases loaded. Two out. Hard hit into right. Back at the wall. Tie game! Big Poppy! The Grand Slam! This is our fucking city. Hey, Jerry. Tom, how you doing? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Uh, nice game one today, Julian Zavaris. <laughs> I, just, I just fell off the table, that's why I'm laughing. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Uh, we actually have the uh, Salem Red Sox the high A affiliate general manager, Aaron, uh, Alan Lawrence. How are we doing today? Good, good. I appreciate you having me. Looking forward to it. I wish I was at the U.S. Open. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a chance to go, but I just, it's hard working. I work remote from home, so it's, it's kind of hard. I still got, uh, you know, normal work load to do, but I would love to have gone up there. But um, it's like I said, next day, it's, it's not too hot. It's kind of cool. So if it stays that way, it won't be too bad. Um, and then we're just going to jump right in. So kind of want to get your thoughts right now, just on the, the socks themselves, the big league club, kind of like, you know, someone looking from afar, um, what have you liked? What have you not liked so far with the socks? And, uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, lately they've been fun to watch. I mean, obviously got off to a tough start and it's, it, it's tough seeing, uh, uh, seeing that team in New York do so well, right. As a, as a Sox fan, we all hate to see that, but they, they, they are clearly loaded and playing well this year, but you know, the, it, it, for what looked like such a, a dismal start to the season, I mean, it, you know, the, the way that we've come on lately and started playing, I, I love Alex Cora, you know, I mean, I, it, I think, I think all Sox fans seem to like uh, Cora and you know, what he does with the team, I think, I think it's great. Uh, I think having, you know, high him, uh, you know, the last few years, I think, I think this, I'm excited, you know, as a Sox fan, I, I've, you know, I don't not only work for, for the Salem Sox here, people think that, okay, I'm naturally a Red Sox fan because I work here. I grew up a Red Sox fan. So this has kind of become a dream come true for me when, when we became a Red Sox affiliate in, in 2009. Um, you know, it's really a dream come true for me. I mean, I can't say the same about all of our staff here. Not everybody is a uh, is a Red Sox fan first. Uh, you know, certainly everybody roots for Boston here. But I grew up a Sox fan, so I followed the Red Sox all my life, and and I'm excited. You know, I, as a uh, um, as a fan, I certainly hope that uh, we can figure out a way to keep Xander Endeavors. I'd I'd like to quit seeing their names as, uh, as possibilities for a, uh, for a trade. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I, I didn't really believe when Xander said that he was going to kind of cut off ties with the communication about an extension, um, especially too, they've been a little more open and vocal kind of talking about that. And I, it would, again, would not surprise me if just randomly it popped up even like say 4th of July weekend, Hey, the Red Sox and Xander, it just, what I think is difficult is that he has that opt out, you know, and it's not as, you know, as clear cut as you can just rip it up and, you know, kind of start from scratch. But to me, it's like, how can you not want, and I, I don't think the Red Sox don't want Xander Bogart. Obviously there is a price that comes with everything. And I don't even so much think it's the dollars. I think it's more of the years. I think we've gotten to see just from, 
a fan side of it is when you get a player and they start to get to that elevated baseball age, 36, 37, 38, they're not the same player. And now just think about if you're investing that capital into that player, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. So, but I really want the Sox to get it done with Xander. I don't want another Mookie situation where we're, you know, having to ship him off and you get that backlash. And, you know, I, I think if that happens, it's just going to continue to open the door for the, to that backlash that Heim Bloom gets, which I think is just unjust in my opinion. You had actually mentioned uh, Heim. How like how much interaction do you have with with Heim Bloom? Do you guys is it something where you guys communicating on a regular? And obviously, you know your roles as a general manager is not player personnel, so to speak. But um, how much interaction do you have with him? Yeah, not a ton. You know, I mean, it, you know, he'll shoot me a text maybe prior to the season and say, uh, you know, wish us luck uh, for the upcoming season. And you know, I, I'll see him. He he comes into town. Um, generally once a season, maybe, maybe twice, you know, kind of depending on what players we have here that dictates his travel schedule to some degree. Um, and then, uh, and then I'll see him at the winter meetings and, and, you know, just say, say hello more than anything, but it, yeah, it's, it's pretty limited. We're focused on selling tickets and hot dogs and beer, uh, down here. So not, not, not really too involved, uh, from a player standpoint, but he, he's a, he's a great guy and clearly, uh, great at what he does. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, it's, he's, uh, you know, I can say, you know, I've just from, you know, the guys over the years and, and from my experience and then talking to other people in this industry, I mean, I am very personable and, you know, the, the fact that he'll sit there and talk to you for 10, 15, 20 minutes, just kind of about the game is something that people in his position don't often do with people in my position. And, and so, so I think it says a lot about him as a person. No, I, I, yeah. Go ahead, Jim. Okay. So, Alan, you brought up a good point with Heim coming in, you know, maybe once or twice uh, in a season. Well, we're now fully expected to see Chris Sale make a rehab start. Um, is there a possibility that we could see Chris Sale potentially suit up in a Salem Red Sox uniform uh, for a rehab start, potentially? I sure hope so. And, and, and if that happens, I sure hope that we have a home game when he does that. Uh, Because, you know, for us, again, someone that's focused on selling tickets and hot dogs and beer, um, you know, that that's a game changer having someone of that status, you know, we, we have a, you know, there's Red Sox fans everywhere. Um, You know, we don't have nearly the fan base uh, that, you know, Worcester Portland has, of course, but, um, you know, there's Red Sox, there's a lot of Red Sox fans here. And, and when you bring in, you know, when you bring in a middle of the road guy to our team, it, it doesn't necessarily move the needle. But when you bring in a name like Chris Sale, that, that's a household name uh, in the game of baseball, I, I, I feel like he would move the needle tremendously. Uh, so we would we would give anything to uh, to have him suited up in a, in a Salem uniform at some point. So I don't know, we'll keep our fingers crossed. You know, candidly, we haven't. Um, you know, we haven't been as lucky with uh, uh, with a lot of the prominent rehab guys just throughout the years. Uh, you know, even even when we were back in the in, uh, you know, t- 2000, what, six or seven, I, I, I think it was when we were an Astros affiliate. I, I was working here at the time and Roger Clemens was rehabbing uh, and he and he was playing with his son, Kobe. And um uh, so Kobe wasn't, he wasn't here. He was still in low A, uh, and, and Roger went to the low A team. He went to the, 
to the double A team and to the triple A team, but he never came to Salem. So we were, we were pretty bummed about that because all three of those teams had their highest attendance ever when, when Roger went to pitch. So we, we did end up getting Roger in, uh, in the 2008 season when, uh, when his son Kobe played, came to Salem to play Roger probably spent, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 games here at the ballpark. So we didn't get to see him play, but we did get to eventually see him. Yeah, you were um, obviously we were just talking about obviously the potential of maybe getting a Chris Sale as, in a rehab, but you do have a lot of really good, prominent top prospects that the Red Sox have within their system um, that should be attracting obviously people to be there. I mean, you got Blaze Jordan, who we were talking about in the last episode, um, might have just like the best name in baseball. You know what I mean? Just with the name of Blaze Jordan, um, you have Marcelo Meyer. You know. Um, you know, Nico hitting home runs. That dude it just hits bombs. Uh, Eddie Polino, you have the catcher, Nathan Hickey, Philip Sykes. Those are just position player wise. There's a lot of really good prominent talent. Um, I'm always fascinated when it comes to social media and how to go about trying to promote the players and try to promote the games. I don't really think Major League Baseball does a really good job doing that. That's just a really, in my opinion, I think that, that that's a massive miss. What's what are like knowing that you have some of those players? How, you know, how do you guys leverage that to really try to grow that brand down there with those players to kind of attract, you know, that, that fan base or even that casual that may be interested in, Hey, I heard of Marcelo Meyer. How do, how do you guys go about trying to bring that foot traffic in to get them excited about the Salem Sox? Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird. You're right. Baseball as a whole probably doesn't do a great job of marketing their players. And, and that probably trickles down more so to the minor league level because, you know, to some degree, it's it, it, it's almost it's almost strange to kind of market the players, uh, you know, that are 19 years old. I mean, we we do talk about Marcelo being a being a top, uh, you know, the 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 you know the number one guy in the Red Sox system, and and, and Blaze kind of almost markets himself. Uh, you know, we we had a. Uh, um, uh, you know, we've, we've given tours to a number of youth kids, you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds, and they know who Blaze Jordan is. And that's, I, I think to your point, it's because of his name and, and because of uh, his YouTube videos and whatnot. And, and all these young kids are familiar with him. So we've had a lot of youth that have come out to see Blaze Jordan play. I don't know if they know necessarily much about his ability to play baseball but they know who he is and they, you know, he's done, Blaze has done a great job marketing himself. I mean, we honestly, we probably need to partner with him and have him market us, the Salem Red Sox more so than the other way around. But, um, but he's, he's really good on social media. Marcelo, um, you you know, we, we do try and, you know, we put it out there like, Hey, you got to come see us now because we don't know how long we're going to have this guy, Nico, a college guy, uh, you you know, who knows how long he's going to be around. Obviously, you know, at the at the high A level in Greenville, you know, Joe Davis and some of those some of those guys. I mean, they got to make room for them. But um, you know, we're we're blessed to have the team that we have. And and you know, when we went from when we went from high A to low A, when when MLB kind of restructured uh, the leagues, uh, really for geographical reasons a lot of people in this community kind of saw that as a demotion and we're like, no, it's, you know, kind of, that's not really how it works in baseball. And last year we were, we were blessed to have, you know, a great team with Joe Davis and Nick York, um, you know, Rafaela and, and uh, uh, you know, Nick Northcutt, 
talk about hitting bombs. That guy hits bombs. Um, but you know, and this year more of the same, I mean, we're loaded this year with talent. So, so it's, uh, you know, it's fun to see these guys, you know, we selfishly want to hold on to them as long as possible, but you know, professionally love to see those guys move up the ladder. Before I continue on, I just want to welcome in. So Jamie is also part of the, uh, the group. He does the obstructive view Red Sox podcast with me that we have as well. Um, and then what happens if one of the guys can't be part of it, we, uh, demote one of the guys down to the minor league show. So, <laughs> uh, so Jamie is uh, just popping in. He's actually uh, popping in from work. So howdy, Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Nice to meet you. Good to be demoted today for once. <laughs> That's right. I actually wanted to piggyback really quick. Um, do you guys have, you know, is it like a certain cadence, like from the top, from like the socks? Hey, this is how we want to go about, you know, throwing it out there from like, say, on social, or is it something where you guys have that? creativity autonomy because I, I look at it like say like the savannah bananas right you see what they've done they obviously it's a it's different you know what i mean like they put on a show it's about putting on a show a second um have have like the red Sox like internally looked at that and said hey that's something that really works can it you know can we try to market in that standpoint to try to grow and get more eyeballs on our players and our teams yeah a little bit so so because of the fact that we're owned by Fenway Sports, right? They 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 probably look at us maybe a little bit closer than they than they do some of their other affiliates. Um, so, you know, we we probably tread the waters a little a little lighter than than some of these other minor league teams. We're we're certainly not like the Savannah Bananas. You know, we're not even quite as you know you know like Myrtle Beach Pelicans, uh, the Low A Cubs affiliate in our league. You know they're they're great on social media. They're they're more you know their market though lends itself to being just kind of crazy on you know for lack of a better word on social media. Whereas our market is kind of a you know it's maybe a slightly older fan base, certainly older than what they have in Myrtle Beach. Uh, so we you know we try and play to our market more so than we do you know the entire Red Sox fan base. And and again because. Because of our, um, you know, our our relationship with with Boston and the ownership group there, you know, we we we're probably not quite as crazy on social media and and doing some you know off the wall things like some of these other teams do. But but we do work with the social media team. Uh, our our people here work with the team and and Boston to just kind of share some ideas. Uh, you know, we're we're blessed to be owned by Fenway Sports, and you know, we utilize them as a resource and uh, you know get a get a lot of new ideas from them. I want to bring it back to the Marcelo Meyer and Blaze Jordan um, comments. You know, Alan, you were saying you just never know how long these these guys with this with top tier talent will be in low A. Or, in fact, even when you all were high A with with the Salem Red Sox at that point, you didn't you still didn't know exactly how long the player was going to be there. Has there been any inclination about? Any possible prom promotion, uh, call up for Marcelo or Blaze or any other prospect that's on the team, or is that something you can't really discuss right now? Yeah, you know, yeah, I can discuss it because I don't really know. <laughs> you know, nobody, you know, they don't really t tell, uh, they don't really give us any kind of an idea. So, you know, for that reason, I can, I can easily divulge what I know, which is, which is not much. I mean, I, you know, I've been told that. Um, you know, I guess this is probably optimistically we may have uh, we may have those guys until early August. Uh, you know, that's kind of about the time frame that we had Nick York last year. And, and Nick was was, uh, 
you know, he, he played very well in this league. He, he hit well, he fielded well. And, you know, he, he kind of had similar numbers to really what Marcelo's um, having this year. And, um, you know, it, it's obviously, as you guys know, it, it's a, it's a domino effect. So if they start moving guys up in, in, in Greenville to, you know, Greenville to Portland, Portland to Worcester, then certainly, you know, we're going to have to, to move some guys here, but, you know, I, obviously they're, they're going to want to take it slow with, with both of those guys and make sure they're making the right move. So selfishly, I hope we have them until early August. Um, but we'll see. We, we need them. Uh, we need them as long as we can have them. That's for sure. Gene, yeah, no, he dropped off. Um, James, got you have a follow up with that too? Oh yeah. So the, the next question that I would have on that um, is guys like you know now we see Raphael Devers, Zanger Bogarts, uh, even back when we had Mookie Betts uh, come through. Uh, there's been a lot of highly touted prospects that, that have turned into very highly touted major league baseball players. What would be your sales pitch to the fans, not just in the area, but I, I guess in the state of Virginia that are traveling through that want to go watch a minor league baseball game for anywhere between 12 and 16 bucks and get as close as they possibly can to these players, because you just never know how long they're going to be. What would you say to the fans that love baseball and love traveling to come and watch these guys, what, what would you say to get the fans out there right now to see the guys like Marcelo and, and Blaze and Edison Paulino and Nico and so on and so forth? Yeah, you know, I would say it, not only do you not know how long they're going to be here, but you never know who you're going to see. And at the minor league level, you know, it's it's easy to look back and say, okay, well, in Salem, we once had, we once had Xander and we won, once had Mookie and we once had – uh, Anthony Rizzo and you know we once had Jackie Bradley Jr. and all you know all these guys I mean we the the guys that have come through here I mean we've been so blessed with it with the players that have come through here and you know Michael Chavis and Benintendi and uh, yeah I mean just we're we've been loaded over the years and we've been very fortunate you know at least you know Mon I mean Moncada and and uh, Kopech you know now they, they've been traded but uh, you know that was they were part of a huge trade right and and uh, you know, so th those have been huge, imp big impact guys in the in the major leagues, and we've been we've been so lucky to have a lot of those guys come through here. You know, some of those guys are obvious. You know, it, we knew Moncada when he when he came here, Endeavors to Benintendi. I mean, those guys people couldn't wait to come out and see those guys. They were they were all on the same team, by the way. So that was that was uh, that was quite the year. We we had the number one rated team in all of minor league baseball when those three guys were on the team, uh, but. Uh, at the same time, you know, those guys aren't those guys when they're here, you, you know, I mean, Marcelo, I mean, everybody, you know, most people know, okay, he's the top prospect, but a lot of the reason is because what we were just talking about with social media, well, back when Xander and, and even, you know, Jackie Bradley and Mookie and certainly Rizzo when he was here in 09, you know, I don't know when Twitter came out and Instagram and all those things, but social media wasn't nearly as big then as it was now. So I don't know that people really knew who Xander Bogarts was or Anthony Rizzo. And it's like to come to a game and to sit within, you know, 50 feet of some of these guys, uh, you know, there's just, uh, I, you guys know, the opportunity to sit 50 feet from somebody at Fenway Park 
uh, it's going to cost you a little bit of money. And, and that's, and that's even if you have the, uh, the ability to even purchase the seat, which is probably highly unlikely, but you come here, you know, maybe, maybe we're handing out one of his posters. Maybe he's assigning autographs on the concourse after the game. Uh, you know, the whole minor league experience for the, for the price, you know, I don't think you just can't beat it, you know, because you just never know who you're going to see. And, you know, Beyond that, I'll even say since we went, you know, low A, I mean, some of these, some of these guys now, I mean, Marcelo is great about signing autographs. Blaze is great about signing autographs. I mean, I was trying to get down to the field last night and there were like, you know, 20 or 30 people lined up right before the game to, to get Marcelo's autograph and get a picture with him. And, and he's, and he's signing for everybody and taking pictures with people. And, it, you know, they're just glad to do it, you know, at, at this level, they haven't had, he was in high school last year. You know, I don't, I don't know how many autographs you sign when you're in high school, but it's not, it can't be that many. Um, it, you know, you, your buddy from English class isn't getting your autograph, I wouldn't think. So, uh, you know, you have an opportunity to come here and, and get these guys to sign and really spend time with them. Whereas the, the more you start climbing the ladder, the less time they have because they're signing autographs for so many people, or they're maybe quite frankly, they're tired of signing autographs. Yeah, that was actually going to be uh, one of the questions that I wanted to follow with was, um, you know, just that kind of, again, it's that, but it's making that fan experience, you know what I mean? And I think that that's really awesome because even just the little thing too, like, you know, you interacted with the video of when James is walking into the ballpark, you know what I mean? It's a, just to have, again, you know, to the, to the outsider, yeah, you know, your general manager, you oversee all operations of the team and to, to take the minute to just go and, and just to kind of say, hey, how was the experience type of thing? I think that's really like important. I think that that's impactful. You know, it definitely, um, you know, it, it, I think it resonates, you know, at a, at a really high level. And just to see like those players to know like, hey, we have no qualms. We're going to be all out there. We're going to sign as many as we can. We're going to do this. I just think it's super important. And it's it's cool to see that. You know what I mean? It's kind of it just kind of goes to show like, again, it's about making it a you know, like a fan first experience. And, and I think that's really important. Just as important as we talk about growing the game, you know what I mean? Social media can do whatever it's going to do, but if you're not doing those little basics, um, you know, so I just, that was one of my huge takeaways before recording was just the fact, that even just the interaction with the tweet, Hey, how was the experience? I, thought, I just thought that was really cool. So um, I want to throw that out there. So yeah, well, thank you. And, and, you know, after the, uh, after not having a season in 2020 and, and, we were restricted with what we could do um, and, and how much how much our fans could engage with the players uh, in 2021. You know, coming into this season, it's like, you, you know, anybody that ever took that opportunity to meet the players and get a signature for granted, um, you know, they, they appreciate it so much more now. We had a team signing um, with our season ticket holders and uh, a couple of weeks ago and and I mean, it was packed. We had more season ticket out holders out here to get signatures than, than I've ever seen. And people ask me, they're like, is it because Marcelo's here? It's like, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, Marcelo is great with the fans and people want to get his autograph, but we've been loaded over the years. You know, again, back to that 2016 team that we had with Devers and Benintendi and, and Mancada, you know, we didn't have as many people out then, but I think people took it for granted. And, and you can't take the opportunity to come out here and, and have a great experience get get somebody's autograph you know it's it's fun it's affordable um and uh you know we certainly can't take that for granted so yeah I, you know we, our staff's great you know we wear a lot of hats and, and we always like to make sure that every fan has a great experience our, our motto here is every day is opening day 
And, you know, by that, it's, it, you know, what we mean by that is there's so much focus on opening days, but, you know, in, a, in, a, in all levels, but certainly in minor league baseball, you want to make sure that the experience is better than ever on opening day. Well, it's like, why not have that same mentality for every game? Because, you know, you know, two nights ago on a Wednesday night, it's like it's it's really easy to just kind of mail it in as a, as a staff and say, OK, it's a Wednesday. There's not going to be that many people here, but there's probably somebody coming for the very first time this year. And we want to show them that, hey, this is a fun place to be. It's a great experience. And if Wednesday night was your first night here, we want to make sure you come back. So we want to treat Wednesday night like opening night. Sometimes that's easier said than done. You know, we can't have fireworks and a giveaway every every single night. But we try our best, and you know, to, to offer that great fan experience. Now, I, I used to do I, before I, I got into my new gig. Um, if I do that like Monday through Friday grind job, um, I would is to be responsible for selling basketballs for, uh, you know, a major sporting good retailer who will not get the free press on the podcast. But uh, I think, you know, I'm talking about that respect did that for 17 years. And, and just, again, you know, trying to convince the staff again, it, you, at the end of the day, you sell basketballs. So what can you do to go ahead and, and make that a really good experience for the person who's doing that? So I can relate. I understand it's definitely uh, it, it's a challenge, but um, I think it's, it's rewarding. And especially, you know, in an industry that, is baseball and, and is, is cool. So, um, James, what do you, uh, do you have anything to, uh, as we start to wind down? Yeah. The only question I have is not really, it, it's not player related or anything. It's just personnel related for, for Alan here. Uh, so, so when you all get interns or people that are applying for full-time jobs within the Salem Red Sox, uh, how invested are you in making sure you hire not just the right people for Salem, but the right people to represent the Boston Red, Boston Red Sox organization as a whole. Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough it, and, and, and it's probably become tougher. Uh, you, know, or, you know, 10 years ago, you used to just be able to put, put a, post a job out there and an opportunity to work in baseball and you, you were just flooded with resumes. Uh, you know, now the way that the the way that the world has gotten, uh, you know, it's just become so much tougher to hire people. And, you know, now it's, uh, you know, people are looking at so many more things than just how cool it is to work in baseball. So it's probably become tougher. But, you know, one of the things, uh, you, you know, we, we, you know, I feel like we go through a pretty extensive interview process. I mean, we want to make sure that they're, they're, you know, involved in our community, they're representing our team. And that's not only when they're here at work, it's when they leave. You know, I always tell our staff, it's like, you know, just because you're not at work doesn't mean that you can go out to a bar on a Friday night when the team's on the road or, or even in the fall or the winter and and, you know, and act like a act like a jerk because, you know, you might not know anybody in the bar, but they might know you. And, you know, we, we, we work in an environment where people are always coming here and they see us and they, you know, they see us walking around. They might not know your name, but they know that you work at the ballpark and they know that you represent the, the Salem Red Sox and, and the Boston Red Sox. And, you know, so so that's something that we, you know, we we really take pretty seriously is, you know, you got to you got to represent the team, represent the community and represent the Boston Red Sox. Not only when you're here working at the ballpark or the stadium, but when when you're elsewhere and. Um, you know, it, it is, it is tough to hire the right people sometimes. And, you know, we, we've been pretty lucky lately. I mean, we, we try and build everybody from the, from the bottom up. We, we have a program called, uh, an inside sales rep, 
that was started by one of our uh, former GMs, Ryan Shelton, um, years ago. And, and it gives us an opportunity to bring people in kind of for a, a short term employment, you know, eight to 12 months. Um, it, it's not quite an internship, but it's, uh, it, 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 you know, it's a, it's a sales program that we have and it gives us a chance to see them and a chance for them to see us. And if the, if, if the pieces fit together, then we can hire them moving forward. So that, that gives us a chance to look at them without a real true commitment, uh, gives them a chance to be part of the team. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but, um, but yeah, it, it certainly has become tougher than it used to be. So I got one last one and that, cause I you know obviously we're almost 1230, you know, you get time's valuable. So um, do you have any, you know, you've been with the Salem, uh, you've been with, with the organization like 20 plus years. Do you have any aspirations of ever, you know, segueing from the role that you're in and, and maybe pursue something with a major league club or do you, um, do you enjoy where you're at? I know it's kind of like a loaded question, but like, um, is it something that interests you maybe ever pursuing something at the major league level? Yeah. You know, people ask me that all the time. And, and, you know, I think in our world, I mean, it's not, it, you know, I don't look at it necessarily as a, you know, if I, if I had an opportunity to work for the Red Sox, I wouldn't necessarily see that as a, as a major promotion of, of any kind, you know, I mean, as a Red Sox fan, I mean, would it be fun to work at Fenway? Absolutely. But, you know, I've got a wife and kids and uh, I'm from this area, you know, I'm happy here. I love it here. I love that. I love this community. You know, our fans come out. I mean, it's, it's every single night to see our fans coming to the ballpark is, is wonderful. And I, I see so many people every night that I know, and, you know, it's, it, it's different in Boston, obviously, you know, it, it takes me 10 minutes to get to work uh, and, and 10 minutes to get home. And, you know, I, I just from talking to people up and, you know, taking an hour to get to the grocery store, I, I don't know how y'all deal with that. Uh, that, that's, that's not for me. You know, it's, 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 I love coming to visit Boston and I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be coming to one of our investors is, uh, gracious enough to, uh, to, uh, give us a, a team entry into Tim Wakefield's, uh, golf tournament, uh, that's at the end of August this year. So I can't wait to come up and go to Fenway park. I think, I think playing the Rays that weekend, playing Wakefield's golf tournament, stay up there three or four days, see, see the city, go to the restaurants, go to the bars and have a good time. But I, I'm, it's fun. You know, I love visiting Boston, but I'm always, I'm always grateful to come back to. Yeah. I, um, I actually, so I drive once a week up to the city and I live just, I actually live closer to Providence than I do to Boston. So it, everything being equal, if there is no traffic, which never happens, but if there was no traffic, it would take me about 55 minutes usually I'm an hour and 20, but to me, like I can't, it beats a day that beats being a day inside of a retail store for me. You know what I mean? So I can't put a, so I, I that's how I kind of quantify that in my own, in my own brain and stuff like that. But I, I couldn't do that every Monday through Friday, every day, just that type of commute, that grind, like right now my commute, you're saying it's 10 minutes. My commute is my bedroom to my couch, open the uh, MacBook. I start work and then uh, go from there. So, um, so I, I hear you have that respect. So thank you for checking out the latest episode of the Sox specs, Red Sox podcast, a division of obstructed view presented by beyond the monster heading over to Spotify and Apple podcasts and 
Hit the subscribe button. You'll get notified every time a brand new Sox Specs and Obstructive View Red Sox podcast becomes available. And head on over to beyondthemonster.substack.com to get all of our latest content that drops daily.